good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Death by Pod. It's our spooky, kooky, and damn good horror show. My name is Matt Hudson, and joining me is someone that, if I'm Michael Myers, she's my knife. It's Elizabeth, aka Bloggy Balboa. How you doing, mate? That was a sharp intro. <laughs> oh, you got Give right to like the point. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't, I can't think of anything off my head. Um, oh. So I'll just say, did you get up to much immediately before coming on the podcast tonight? I was cutting it a bit fine. <laughs> good girl, good girl. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. I had a, a decent weekend. I am uh, in these times of uh, trouble. I've had a fairly decent weekend, stayed obviously healthy, uh, which is good to hear. But how about yourself? You've been good? Yeah, I've been all right. I've uh, What have I been doing? I just ate some spaghetti bolognese, which I know that you Ooh. hate. But uh, yeah, I don't like spaghetti bolognese. I put some olives in it. I put a lot of cheese on it. It was lovely. Olives, no cheese, yes. I had a pizza again for the second damn show. But this one was a stuffed crust one. I managed to get it from Asda, I think, and it was actually, it was fire. It was bloody good. I really enjoyed this one. So, yes, Asda, big up for doing stuffed crust pizza and actually for having some stock in shelves. But, uh, yeah. What was, what, was, was, what was in the crust? It was just a cheese crust because okay. I, I've seen like hot dog crust. I had one the other, the other week with barbecue sauce in it. I was like, no, this, is, this is overload. Mm. Um, but it was a meat feast, but it was a spicy meat feast because I'm getting to that age now where I like a bit of spice in my life. So um, I can't just have a standard meat feast. I need to have a bit of a, I need, I need to have a bit of chili when I got a bit of meat in me. Yeah, no one wants a standard meat feast. No, you know, it's all it's all about it's all yeah, it's all about that kick at the back of your gob. Yes, one hundred percent. I do like a hot dog stuffed crust though. I've, I've never had one. It. I can't remember where they did them, but um, Pizza every, Hut did them. Everyone hated them, but I loved them. I mean, it does sound awful, but at the same time, it also sounds really intriguing. Like a battered Mars bar. It sounds like something I'd hate, but I've had one of those. And actually, do you know what? It was a guilty pleasure. Battered Mars bars are good, but have you ever good. had a battered Snickers bar? No, I haven't, no. Oh, Mate, I'm going to have to get on the Essex boys found it to start stocking them up. It's a chewy, crunchy, sticky, put it away, boy, situation. <laughs> <laughs> But this is Death by Pod, and like I say, with whatever's going on out there in the world, we're here to give you at least an hour's worth of good good times and to talk about horror films, because that is all we do on this show. And we also talk about our dinner, as you've just heard. For those new to the show, we always open up with uh, with some Tucker talk. So uh, if you wanted to let us know what you have for your dinner, please do let us know. But we're here to talk horror. Uh, Death by Pod, episode 14, I think it is this time. Bloggy, what on earth nice. are we talking about this time? If things aren't scary enough in the world, we're talking about orphans. should i give a spoiler warning it would be wise all right spoiler warning you've been warned you need to go away watch orphan it's on netflix for those who are self-isolating get it watched come back listen to this because there's nothing better to do Yep, and it's probably the best hour and a half you're going to spend in the next week so yeah check us out so that's a spoiler warning bloggy what's the deets about this movie What's the date? Okay, well, it was directed by, and we did talk about earlier whether I was going to go for it or not, Juan Collet Sierra. Collier. I'll take it. Sarah. Jamie Collette Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony <laughs> Collette Sarah. Yeah, Tony Collette, floating in, directing films. Uh, it was released on July 21st, 2009. It stars Vera Farmiga, the woman we all know and love, as Kate Coleman, P. 
Peter Sarsgaard as John Coleman, Isabel Furman as Esther, CCH Pounder as Sister Abigail, which is a fucking wicked name. I, I've been waiting for the last two days for you to say that name. <laughs> we've, got, we've got lovable Jimmy Bennett as Danny Coleman. And this is another brilliant name, Ariana Engineer as Max Coleman. That's a brilliant name. Um, you're going to say something? I was just going to say, do you reckon Halma Coyette Senna picked these people just because they've got wicked names? Vera, Sarsgaard, Furman, CCH Pounder, Jimmy Bennett, and Engineer. Wicked. Engineer. Ariana Engineer. I bet, really I bet he's actually James Bennett, but he's like, I've got to fit in, so call me Jimmy. Call me Jimmy. I'm Jimmy Bennett. I'm, I like to shine shoes and deliver newspapers. <laughs> How's your apples and pears and your uncle? Oh, it's old Jimmy Bennett down the pub. We... How's your father <laughs> Gordon? <laughs> All right, so it had a budget of $20 million and it made $78.8 million worldwide box office returns. Um, bad, actually. That's, yeah, that's pretty good going, really. Would you like to know what this film is about? Drumroll for Bloggy's famous synopsis. <laughs> yes, I would. All right, Kate Coleman and John Coleman had a bit of trouble with uh, conceiving, so they and their relationship is really strained because of it. So they decide to get an orphan to fill the big baby-shaped hole in their heart. But it turns out that this orphan is a bit weird. Dun dun dun. That's it. Bloggy doesn't go on IMDb. She doesn't go on Google. She doesn't go on our Wikipedia. She goes into her own brain box to make these up. And I appreciate it every single week. Spot on. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. So if you haven't seen it, that's what it's about. And last chance, if you haven't seen it, please do go watch it. Um, so as we do, we talk about what we did like, what we didn't, uh, our overall thoughts on the film. But we always start with our verdict on the film. It's no point leaving you hanging. Let's just get the good stuff out of the way first. Blogging old orphan. 11 years old. Do you like this film? I, I think I do. I think I do. Um, I've watched it so many times. I didn't need to watch it again for this episode. So I obviously like it, but it's so silly, isn't it? Really? Yes, I do enjoy it as well. I think I'm on the same level as you. It, it, I, I do like this film, but there's something which stops it kind of taking that next, next step to actually being, do you know what? I really like this film. I just... I like it. Um, and it's odd because I've, I've bought this film. I've got it on DVD. That's how old I am. DVD. And I've had it for years. And it's, I did a clean out of my DVDs about five, six years ago. And I couldn't bring myself to get rid of this. And I don't know why. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about Orphans. Because I wanted to go back and rewatch it and, be, and just realise why I didn't get rid of it. And I, I rewatched it over the weekend. And I felt the same as I did when I watched it about 10 years ago. I think it's all right. It's good. You know, it's quite a few good moments about this. There's a few moments which, which clang a bit, but there's a few things I really quite enjoy. It's solid. I think it's the best thing I can say. Yeah, it's um, it is almost as silly as Camelot, but it's um, it is a solid, it is a solid film. Um, but I think there's, like you said, there is something holding it back from being, uh, of a, of a certain caliber of horror film. It's very um, Friday night. A few beers with your mates. What the not fuck? Anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no. No, not anymore. 
No, yeah, it's not 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 even top tier. Like we're talking, if we're talking like A B C tier, or like A B C D E F tier, this is kind of like mid tier horror for me, which could have gone up to like you know sort of like the higher mid. I don't know, but obviously when we go through and talk about like specifics and that, we'll probably be able to pick out more about it. But I'm it's funny you say that because I'm with you on that. That, that it's, something, it's something holding it back. It's not an offensively bad film, but it's not like mind blowing either. It's just pretty good. And I know people might think that's vague or general, and we could say the same in many films, but there was promise in this film, and there's quite a lot I do like about it. So without me going on about beating around that old bush, uh, let's talk about it. Bloggies, what are some of the things which you did enjoy then? Some of the things I did enjoy. Um, I enjoyed all of the the build-up and how manipulative uh, Esther is and how she really digs into Kate and John's marriage and their past trauma because they they obviously overlook her because they think she's a kid. So uh, I, I like that. I like that build-up. I like the relationship that she has with uh, Max and Daniel and how she plays with them. And I I want to say that I like the twist at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I think the reason that I like the twist at the end so much is because it's so batshit crazy that you kind of can't not like it, even though it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's madness, really, when you think about it. Although I did read that this allegedly happened in real life. You're kidding. 2019. Ten woman, years later. A woman called Christine Barnett, uh, they got charged with abandoning their kid, who was nine, because um, they, they abandoned her in Indiana and fleed to Canada. <laughs> and it turns out... That's not that funny, they, sorry. It, well, they reckon that they were victims of fraud and they claimed that the girl that they adopted was an adult con artist who tried to kill them. So it turned no out... Why? They were told that she was six and she was born in Ukraine as well. Ukraine? Ukraine? She's Ukrainian. That's, That's the one. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ukraine. <laughs> that sounds like one of our translate jobbies again. They went to Canadia. She was she was Ukrainian, um, but yeah, no, she was treated by some mental health specialists who basically said that she was a, she was an adult. And but these this couple were uh, released on bail and things like that. I don't I didn't read the full Daily Mail article because it just was going on and on. But yeah, it, but they they medical evidence said that she was actually born in nineteen eighty nine. So this really happened to some poor fucking couple, according to the Daily Mail, which is obviously a reliable source. <laughs> yeah, the Daily Fail. That's <laughs> mental. That is yeah. mental because on on the twist, do you know what? I really like it. I thought it was great. And when I watched it again this time around, I totally forgot about the twist. Oh, and I no. g- genuinely <laughs> forgot. And I was like, what is her? What is the, you know, what's, what's this building to? What is the end game here? And then as soon as it finished, I remember I was like, ah, yes, they they, they made it fairly clear. Once you'd seen it in hindsight, when they're like, "Oh, she's really mature for her age. She's uh, uh she, she's got a grasp of this, and she's very intellectual, and she's uh, older than she seems." Blah blah blah. Like only going back and watching it, did I realise that I was like, "Oh yeah, they made it really obvious for somebody like me who's already seen it." See, I thought I really dug the twist. Um, some of the things that came with it, I wasn't overly fond of, but the actual twist of her not being a twelve-year-old girl, she's actually a thirty-three-year-old woman with. Uh, I think it, I've got to try and pronounce this. It's hypo hypopid hypopituitarism which is apparently a rare hormonal disorder that's done to their physical growth and cause proportional dwarfism 
Um, yeah, that's how you say it. I think that's a really good twist. But um, to hear that it was in real life was weird. Hyperpituitarism. All right, show off. What, what is the, no, I think I've said it wrong. Hyperpituitarism. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, hyperpituitarism. It kind of sounds like a weird form of tourism. Yeah, just a I'm smaller a version. I'm a terrorist. I travel extensively. You just sound like terrorist as well by what you just said that oh as well. God, yeah. yeah. You no, don't want to be one of that. those guys. No. No, please don't be one of those. But I actually thought the twist was pretty sweet. Again, if you haven't seen the film, sorry, but that's what it's happens. It's your own fault now. We did warn you that there yeah, were we did warn spoilers. Bare times about that. I think, I know, I think the twist was good. I enjoyed that. But yeah, I, the build up to it where she's um, completely playing Kate and um john yeah. against each other i really like that it's because obviously she's warming up to john she she has a closer connection with john the father the father um and obviously it turns into uh she's trying to seduce him but i like how she gets under their skin and uh really really gets to vera from farmiga's character and obviously how she is with danny which is their young son and how she manipulates max who's who's their daughter she's only very young and she's and she's deaf and mute as well um, communicating sign language to her, so um, that was a that was a, a I don't want to say a nice sort of addition. The fact that she was, but having a character to be manipulated like that was really cruel. And actually, Esther did some really cruel things in this film. Yeah, I found the bit with the UV paintings very disturbing. You like that bit? Uh, well, I. I well, I mean, that sounds so dismissive. Yeah. You like that bit? You like it. You love it. No, I, I found that very just... Ugh. Imagine that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the moment where the penny drops in it and you're like, oh, she's got eyes for John. Yep. And also, well, also the fact that she was like... The pictures were depicted her killing people as well, which was an issue. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of sex and death. Yeah, from a 12-year-old, which we thought was she was a 12-year-old, but it turns out she was 33. Isabel Furman at the time was actually only about 12. I think as well. So um, I, that must have been quite odd for Peter Sarsgaard to act alongside, obviously, a 12-year-old doing those scenes with him. Obviously, it's, it's film, it's make-believe, but apparently those scenes were meant to be a bit more um, sexually graphic originally, but they, they cut it out and toned it down, which is probably for the best, I think. Mm. Yeah, I read that this film got some uh, some backlash from adoption agencies as well. <laughs> I heard that did as well, yeah. That? I did read that, yeah, because I thought it portrayed... Obviously, adopted children or orphans as well evil. Have you got a pro adoption service message on your DVD? I didn't see one, but I because I, they said it was on the DVDs, and I was like, "Well, I didn't get that, so now I think all orphans are idiots." Yeah, <laughs> you're never going to get an orphan now. <laughs> yeah, like after what I've seen. Yeah, no, I didn't get that on mine, but I, I did read that. Um, yeah, it's uh, I could I guess I can kind of understand where they're coming from, but at the same time. It is a film, but there are other stereotypes in it. Like she'd come from Eastern Europe, so uh, and they 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 kind of class that as a negative against her, especially um, Kate Coleman, Vera Farmiga. Was like she's from she's from the other part of the world. Who knows? Those papers could be hooky. You know, they're not like us. So yeah. there was that as well. Yeah, there's a lot of. I guess there is a but You could, I don't know. You could say that about loads of bloody films. I suppose I don't. But I guess because it's called Orphan and it's about an orphan and I can see why people that work for orphan and adoption groups would probably find this a bit frustrating. 
well, yeah, obviously because the work they do is they do great work, and I guess they can kind of see it's undermining them um, yeah. or being sort of flippant towards what they do. Um, question: I wanted to one of the things I wanted to ask you was we've in the last few weeks we've done things like the Prodigy, <laughs> the Omen, yeah. and stuff like that, like demon kid films or like bad kid films. I know this doesn't actually end up being one, but how, but how do you think it's kind of stacked up to those films when she, at least when she was a kid, anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... I think uh, Prodigy was obviously trying to be Orphan, but mm-hmm. it it was taking... There was something about Orphan that managed to get this weird mix right where I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a joke, if it's supposed to be like a, a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. or But something about it just kind of worked. It wasn't taking itself too seriously, whereas Prodigy was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's reincarnated all scary and it's like no, it's not it's not that scary to be honest. Bit cack, wasn't it, in the end? <laughs> I mean at least at least Esther isn't doing anything weird like putting paprika on her chicken. I mean that's fucking weird that though, wasn't it? Me. I know, just just put a bit of aromat on, a bit of salt and pepper and be done with it. Wanting to have Pretentious sex with her adoptive kids. dad is fine, but paprika oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I draw I mean... the line. I mean, 12 years old, I mean, okay, people frown upon it, but do you know what I mean? Paprika on chicken when you're that age, just give it up, mate. Right, it's not right. Give it up, mate. <laughs> but I think, I think um, Esther did actually do some pretty, I said, devastating stuff. Like some of the things she did in this film were quite oh, awful, like especially um, the scene where we kind of, they kind of telegraph early on when um, Kate Colmer, Kate, I can't stop calling her a full name, Kate takes Esther to see the kind of the tribute to um to their angel baby uh, they call yeah. Jessica the baby who died uh, before she was born uh, and the rose bush and the lovely uh, memorial plaque and then later on in the film John John, John says to Esther you know like, do something nice for your mum and I like, go make something nice for your mum basically and she said oh mummy I've got something for you and pulls out the roses from um, Jessica's like uh, memorial and I was like that's actually pretty pretty devastating that's a really nasty thing to do and show yeah. as well. Well, because she says as well that as long as these, because they they planted them in her ashes, so as long as that plant is still alive, then a bit of her daughter's still alive with it, and she yeah. hooked it all up. So it that that scene was really, really quite bad, and given all of the problems that have gone on because of Jessica's death, it's um, especially with Kate personally, like she's a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really understand how they were able to adopt if she's got, you know, and they, obviously she had an issue with Daniel or mm-hmm. Max was one, one of it's them. Max. Yeah, and isn't that why she's deaf? Because she had an accident while she was pissed and fell through the ice. Yes, and it, and it nearly killed her. Um, yeah. But if you just, just look at the house they live in, that's probably why. They're probably like, oh, they, they, she, they mean, Kate plays a bloody Steinway piano, like the, uh, the, the ultimate piano in her, just in her house. So money talks is how I saw it. Yeah, I guess so. It must do. Even though they never declared her a little, her little drinking problem. No, but the ther- the psychiatrist slash therapist was aware of it. Yeah, that's the so point. Whether I mean, they'd but- get a reference from her though. <laughs> yeah, she's fucked. Don't <laughs> like yeah, she's she's kidding. <laughs> we laugh. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, have used her as a reference, but um, yeah, I don't know um how or if that's something we've missed in it because yeah you're right but then again she was by recovering was it a case of look it's a second chance she hasn't had a drink in uh, over a year there's been no prior 
um, no post um, issues because of it, and the kids are all happy and healthy. So maybe they just took that into consideration. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yes, I I found um, I found it all quite quite bizarre. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, what else is to do? I'm, I've I've got a list of all the stuff he did, and I think actually it's quite extensive because yeah. towards the end, which I'll get into like the negatives, there was like, come on. I mean, she she squashed she a... only one dog. She doesn't kill a dog, does she? No, she doesn't, but she kills a pigeon. Oh, she bricks the pigeon, doesn't she? She, she proper bricks that pigeon. To be and fair, then... though, that was, like, that was a mercy kill. Like, it was, but she really enjoyed doing that. To, to freak out the, the siblings, I have to respect Esther for not letting the pigeon suffer. No, no, yeah, she just absolutely destroyed it. I like how it sh- they, they showed it on cat. They didn't cut away, they just showed it. I was like, yeah, wow, like splat. brutal. And um, what else? She was um, she she holds a gun to Max's head at one point. Uh, she hits the nun with the hammer, the, yeah. and then bludgeons her to death. She uh, she she gives Jessica's roses to Kate. She um, puts the kid over at the park. She does that. She breaks the kid's ankle. She sets fire to a treehouse and then goes to smash Daniel's head in, a la pigeon. She smothers Daniel in the hospital and then tries to seduce the husband. And obviously. When she when she's revealed to be Lena, the thirty three year old, she goes in another spree. But she, they, the, what I liked about the film, uh, certainly up to the point where she's revealed to be Lena, the thirty three year old lady, is just how like they really went out of their way to show that she's an absolute like psycho. But like, all this, all that yeah. stuff I've listed, and that wasn't even all of it. There were other things she did, but like, just at those moments in general, they didn't just do like one or two things. Like even like in the Omen. If I remember, they showed Damien obviously knocking his mum off the balcony and you know, breaking her neck almost. But do is he responsible directly for for any other problems? As in, like he was there doing it himself? No, I mean it's implied, but you don't you don't see yeah. it. Where he's the ultimate like demon child, whereas Esther's just like brucking falls left, right, and centre. Yeah, and she the bit where she breaks her own arm. Oh, and that, the voice. that bit is really, really bad. That bit genuinely makes me recoil. It's like the the hobbling scene in Misery. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite hard to watch. I think the the special effects in this film are really good in that respect. Mm-hmm. Really Some of good. Them. So, well, okay. I've got a couple for later. Just to keep everyone all on right, tenterhooks. Right. Um, and the the whole concept of you know she wears all these ribbons because um she's actually tried to get out of a straight jacket mm. and so she's obviously been incarcerated in the past and has something has happened to her that's so bad that she now is doing like a don't look now and masquerading as a kid as a kid mm-hmm. when that i mean because the whole scene where she takes her makeup off and she's got the horrible teeth and yeah oh it's really not that but that that was the one bit don't look now the whole film i was like what's going on why why is this psychic lady this having sex when she's not having sex what's going on and then the end scene where that midget turns around and you're like oh that's not a kid it's not a child it's it was yeah it's <laughs> scary it's a bit yeah. like, exactly like that bit on the simpsons where they think it's homer sat at the breakfast table and they pull the paper down and it's actually grandpa and they think that homer melted <laughs> yeah, <that's> exactly melted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry we thought the dad had melted <laughs> sorry i had a mouthful of um, liquid there when you said that um <laughs> She's yeah, got, I... like, the spit coming through her rotten teeth and blah, blah. i think they did a wicked job of making isabel Furman look old 
yeah. in that film because she is yeah. she was she was born in 97 I think or something like that or not about 97 99 she was born in the late 90s people aren't born then well yeah she was created at some point before the millennium yeah, um, which yeah. doesn't sound right I spoke to somebody quite recently who was born in 2005 and I was like who wasn't one of my children and I was like wow you're mad um but yeah she so she was only a kid but they did a really good job of actually aging her up to the point where after the film I had to go on uh, yeah, wiki wikipedia and check that it wasn't like a, a stand-in or she was someone who played the older version or Lena. But no, it was Isabel Furman the whole way through, which is um, surprising. I think they did a really good job of her makeup. Yeah, because she looks quite... I mean, cause she was in The Hunger Games, wasn't she? And she, yeah. she looks quite old for her age. Like, not saying that she looks... You know, she's like 16 and she looks really fucking old, but she doesn't look... I When I've seen pictures of her, I wouldn't have said that she was like 12 or however old she was. I thought she was a lot older and they've just mm. done that thing where they get like a 30-year-old to play like a teenager, you know? In between this job, yeah. Yeah, but they actually just Benjamin Button that shit and turned it completely the other way around. Yeah, yeah now she's, what, in her 20s and look, judging by her Instagram, she looks more her age now. So if you listen, Isabel, rock on. Yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I thought she was really good, and and performance wise, actually, I think I think everybody is pretty good in this film. Um, Vera Farmiga, the Scream Queen, I think she was good. Peter Sarsgaard, I have got a note that he's like the least desirable human being ever. At one point, because I was like, Vera Farmiga is an attractive lady, and at one point, Peter Sarsgaard standing in the bathroom, hair all over him, and he's just got a towel on. I was like, oh, that's not doing anything for me. But, um, <laughs> as it went on, I was like, oh, you're quite a nice guy, really. And the kids, the, the children, the child actors were actually quite good as well and i've had issue with child actors before some, uh, but these were these are pretty good uh, mm-hmm. i thought they were good, especially isabel firm and i think she did well in a role which she could have been a bit like, could have been a bit rubbish if it hadn't been done well like the the demon child can be very unconvincing if done done incorrectly but i thought she was really good in this um i i i thought it was really jarring this is really weird but it's really jarring seeing vera farmiga without patrick wilson i felt yeah. so odd when she came on the first time and uh, Peter Sarsgaard was behind, I was like, you're not, you're not Pat. It's like um, um, Anchorman, you're not Ran. So like, you're not Patrick. <laughs> Who's this guy? And it, honestly, for about five seconds, it properly took me out of the film. And then I got back into it when, because um, they, they, they just had that, because um, after that, the baby, they had the baby death scene in hospital, which was fucking brutal. Even though it was a dream sequence, it was like proper traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. That bit was really scary. I, um, I find it hard with with Skarsgård though because uh, the first thing I watched him in was an education. So I just look at him and think nonce, just instantly. I'm just like, oh, you're a wrong and mate. So then when this whole thing is going on, sorry, yeah, sorry, but I've typecast you because of that one film you were in. Um, <laughs> so then when him and Esther started getting really close, it was already in my head that there was going to be something going on. Uh, I, I, actually, he... I thought it was going to be from the other side. I thought it was going to be him. Him. And I was like, well, I see what, how you did Kerry Mulligan wrong. <laughs> and then when he's in the orphanage, though, he comes out of the toilet grinning and like rubbing his hands. And I was like, that's probably not his proudest wank. But now it probably <laughs> was. <laughs> yeah, maybe oh. it's uh, dirty, dirty Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah, Peter, well, you're a good lad. With Skarsgård. Yeah, you're a good actor and we really appreciate you. Please don't sue us for slander. Um, yeah, there was something, that, uh, the more I think about it, there was quite a lot of scenes in this which I did like. Whether, okay, the opening scene, like I mentioned, the dream sequence was really visceral. 
Um, but I, uh, when I was watching it, it, it got a reaction out of me, which is what horror should do. We've said that so many times. But if it can elicit some sort of reaction, reaction, which isn't, well, that was shit, then I think it's done its job. And I was probably watching it like, oh, God, and it's, it's like really tough to watch. And then even some of the other scenes, like saying, like when she squashes the pigeon, that is done brutally. And it's like, right, okay, this is where we're going now. When she hits the nun with the hammer, they show it on camera and you see the, you sort of see the impact as the nun gets like you know, proper bludgeoned. And I was like, I, so whilst I don't like the scenes for, for that reason, like, oh yeah, go on, hit her again, love. I, I liked the fact that they went there and they didn't cut away. And um, this film was only a 15 though, which I know they, they, you have to go quite far to get an 18, but there was quite a lot of violence and um, like children swearing and children on children violence. Yeah, because there's a bit where she she holds a shank to his like dick, basically. Yes, it was neck, and then goes down. Yeah, yeah, and she says that she's going to cut his dick off, and then he wets himself, and she's like, "Oh, you pissed yourself." I said, "I'll cut your little prick off before you know what to do with it." And then she's like, "Oh, you pissed yourself." I said, and just walks off. Oh, that's really awful. Like, and the way she manipulates the other kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 quite bad. Um. But I again, I was shocked that she actually did those scenes that they got her to swear, and I think well because I was also quite shocked that not that Farmiga was in it necessarily, but that Skarsgård was in it as well. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked it all up, it's obviously um, Leonardo DiCaprio produced it. Yeah, I so didn't know that got, at the time. No, I didn't either. And then there's loads of really weird, tedious links between. How when she falls under the ice, it looks like Jack from Titanic, oh, Titanic falling under the ice, and then there's Kate and Kate Winslet, and people mm-hmm. are making really tedious. But I mean, I think there's a there's there's a reason why. Um, what's her face that plays Esther? Um, Isabel Furman. Yeah, I think that he'd already got designs for her. Anyway, um, I think she was very lucky to be not that she didn't deserve it because she is a really good actor but i think leonardo dicaprio helped her along a bit um in in this because you don't often see that children that are in these kind of films actually go on to do it's quite rare isn't it that you get a child actor that then goes on to from a horror film that then goes on to do other things and has well, yeah, I mean, I there will be it. some out there, but I can't, off the top of my head, and on one hand, I can't think of a, a, a huge amount. There will be some, but I yeah. can't think of many. I mean, if, I mean the, of, the, of the films we've done, like the young Damien Thorne is best known for beating the shit out of a couple of cyclists. Yeah. Um, Linda Blair for Repossessed, um, and now doing a lot for charity as well. Good good on you, Linda. Um, the boy from The Orphan, he was in it, and then went on to do The Orphan. So he hasn't broken out as such yeah and even the kids from it they're all going on to do horror films but not high budget ones so um again they're still they've still got a long time to go for their career yet but i can't think of many but yeah there there, there will be some of course yeah i'm trying to think of i'm trying to think of any that would have i mean johnny depp was in his late teens when he broke out with nightmare on elm street so he wasn't a kid actor um I mean, even that that girl that was in Silence of the Lam- uh not Silence of the Lambs, bloody Silent Hill. She was a really, really good actress, mm-hmm. but I don't think she's been in much. No, I mean, the poor and also, so like Heather O'Rourke could have gone on to do some good stuff. She did all the Poltergeist films, but of course, tragic, never got the chance to do it. Um, so that could she could that could have been interesting to see where she went. 
Um, I can't think of any. But again, listeners, kid actors who have got in from horror, from a horror background, have gone on to you know set the world alight or even just do well. Let us know because I'm struggling again. There's probably one like outstanding one which I we can't think of, but um, oh, there really isn't any. I mean, I think the problem is, is that you know, obviously Linda Blair and stuff. As soon as you look at her, you just think Exorcist. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't look at her and think of think of anything else. So I think it's quite, um, I think it's quite difficult for a child actor in these kind of roles to then be able to move on and do something else. And the fact that she was then able to go on to do quite a few films since, mm-hmm. um, especially Hunger Games, which I know she didn't really play a very nice character, but She's done. She's done a fair bit, really, hasn't she? Yeah, well, she has. Um, she was in After Earth and all that kind of shit. I mean, this is a genre film, as as are they. But the horror is like a proper sort of. It is a niche genre film. Uh, a genre, sorry, where if you get caught in it, then you, you can find yourself getting typecast in those roles. I mean, Vera Farmiga, she's doing very well, but she is a scream queen. And even when she's on television, like the Bates Motel, it's got that underlying horror stuff to it. Yeah. So she's kind of like even even she's kind of found her calling, but um, it's in within the same genre. And obviously, if, if other people break out, but you're like, yeah, it's something that when you get when he gets his hooks into you, when he gets his knife in your gut, you kind of sucked in and you're kind of typecast and pigeonholed. And um, it's good to see like a young actor like Isabel Furman hasn't been typecast, and um, hopefully she won't won't be. But there is talk of an or apparently there's a confirmed that they're going to do a prequel to this film called Esther. Now, I don't know if she's going to be starring in it, though, but um, mm. she'd probably be the right age now to be a younger Esther because she's 33 in this film. They can, and she's only 21, I think, in real life, 22, so they could easily probably make her look like 16. Yeah. So um be good to see. So there's our talk about not typecasting her, but it would be good to see her come back maybe to do this, but even though I'm not in probably the slightest bit interested in a Esther prequel, but it could be I quite good not. if that I, I don't am. know, it just... There's just something about because we we know the we know we know the end game we know the story and we know what happens to her and and I know that's that can be quite a closed minded way of thinking about it but what can they do which isn't surprising and the the plot I've heard is basically this plot for the orphan for orphan just regurgitated. Oh, okay. Is it is it based on the family that she was at before where she burnt the house down? It was sim- similarly then, and then she gets taken in by an American family who start to think something's wrong, and then before before, and then just when they start to worry, things she they find out she's a psychopath and blah blah blah. So it's basically the plot of this. I'm hoping that it will go more into like what turned her, what turned her this way. I'm hoping that it will go perhaps she had her own mummy um, daddy issues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good like story it. there. But I don't know. It's, it's it's been a long time. It's been it's been twelve years since this film came out, and the film did do very well. Twenty million budget, seventy eight point eight million. But I mean, in the film world and the film film circles we move in and social and all the stuff we read and get involved in, I don't really see anybody saying talking about this film or a sequel prequel. It's kind of come out of nowhere. It was only really confirmed in February of this year. I knew there was a reason that they put it on Netflix. They always do that, don't they? Like they had Snowpiercer on Netflix with bloody ages before um, Parasite came out. Yeah, and uh, Ultra as well. I mean, that, that that wasn't the Netflix film, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, those the Ultra's still on there, but they've took Snowpiercer off now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they t- they capitalise on it. But um, I didn't realise it's on Netflix. Uh, um, orphan. I just watched the old do of it. But yeah, I mean, an Esther prequel could be good, but as as a film. 
I don't know, as a, as, as a kind of series, I think it could be quite good, actually, because I could really delve into it and make it, you know, 15 episodes, maybe. And I could really do something quite decent of that, actually. But a hour and a half long film, it runs the risk of just being a prequel, which is just the same as what comes next. Yeah, I mean, I'd 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 be I'd be really really interested to see her journey and see her, you know, going through institutions and everything because I'm sure that they'll paint it as though she was kind of all right mm-hmm. until, you know, the the nurture side got in the way. Yeah, something happened to fuck her up, and I'd love to know what that is because she's pretty messed up, really, isn't she? Old Just Esther. a bit. Just a young Esther, old Esther. Just a bit, yeah. Uh, she was going to kill the hamster at one point, but that was taken out of the film. So in terms of animal death, no dogs, but just a pigeon. But we could have had a dead hamster. And there was a an alternate ending was shot for this film. It's on the DVD, but not the one I've got. So I don't know what bloody DVD version I've got. But I haven't got any of this. <laughs> the one maybe, maybe, on it. I know, I've just got a shit one. Maybe it's the US one. But here's, again, here's another one for you. What would you prefer? An alternate ending for, the, for this film was Esther... She doesn't fight Kate in the in the pond, but mm. instead she's back up in her room putting on the makeup, assuming the role of Esther as she greets the police. So similarly to how she uh, met greeted John in the orphanage, like hello, that was how she greeted the police. And when the police come around, they just see this little girl putting on her makeup. That was the end of the film. There wasn't any fight in the pond. What would what would you have liked that, or did you like the fact that they, she just booted her in the face in the pond? I don't know what. So she kills she kills the dad. The mum is like what on her way home or whatever and then she just it just ends with her obviously hoodwinking the police is that yeah basically I think, yeah no i like the fact that she kicks her in the face and breaks her neck nice nice good okay. bloggy. yeah no she's a, I'm not, your, not your fucking mummy which is a complete rip of the ring too i remember the, yeah. first, the first time i ever saw it when she says, I'm not your fucking mummy. And I was like, oh, my God, that's just like the ring, too. And then she falls into a ring. Yeah. The water that she falls into is like a perfect well shape. And I was like, oh, really? Come on, how my quiet, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I was just a bit like, well, that is a complete... Because she kicks she kicks Samara back down the well, doesn't she? That's right, yeah. yeah. Tells and then it, looks like, then it looks like Leo DiCaprio sinking. Yeah, and then it just kind of looked. Yeah, there was. A, I don't really understand those tedious type. Just because Leonardo DiCaprio was a producer doesn't mean that he was like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like subpar horror film that you're doing. Uh, <laughs> can we put it back to the best moment in my career, please?" Yeah, can you put it? If, do you remember? You remember Titanic, guys? You know, two billion dollars. I, I was in it. Can we just? Can we just pay homage to that film, which has got <laughs> stuff all to do with this film? Um, yeah, there was there was quite a uh, lot. I liked about this. I like the colours. I think this, this, how stark it looks. Like the the whites were really bright and the blacks were really well black, really dark. There's a real starkness to the scene, especially when you're outside, um, because Esther is dressed essentially in black and white most of the time against the snow. It yeah. gave me a bit of a let the right one in feel, or the original and the Swedish version. It gave me a yes. bit of feeling in that. Yeah, not, just not as good as that one. Um, so I like, and then this, when the there's a few times in this film where. Kate almost gets hit by a lorry while she's driving because she zones out, and the subtitles had the lorry horn noises. Klaxon. So I I I enjoyed that. It just said Klaxon in capital letters, and I almost died. Um, Klaxon. Yes, Klaxon. Anything just to get the Klaxon in. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, 
uh, the baby book about the baby sister going to heaven, I thought was a bit, I don't know. I don't know if I liked that or not. I wasn't sure about that. When uh, in, the be- in the beginning, when uh, Kate's reading Max, the bedtime story, Max is like, I want to read, oh, she doesn't say it, but she's pointing to the book like, read this one again, she's saying. And Kate's like, I don't want to read this book again. Please read another one. And it's a book about, you know, your little sister going to heaven. I was like, I don't really like that. Mm, I suppose probably at the time, though, she would have been a little kid and they wanted her mm. to understand yeah. why our mum was pissed all the time. I guess so. Fair enough. I'll, I'll take your word, blogging old. And um, when and at the end, when Lena is revealed to be Lena and she goes mad and she stabs John, um, until he suffers death by dying. Basically, I, I like the fact that he, they just <laughs> they just went there. They know John was the one who didn't get out alive, and if she really did, but you know, go mad on him. She stabbed the hell out of him like a little pincushion. Yeah, so I liked that somebody went because I actually thought Daniel was going to die when she smothered him. I thought, and originally he was going to, but they wrote it that he survived. But I mean, uh, that's when I uh, part of me wishes they'd kind of stuck with the conviction and actually gone with that. So, like, she just smothers the men in the family or something like that. Also, it would have just made it even more menacing. But, um, uh, so they're the, they're, they're, they're the ones I liked. I'm trying to think of anything else. But I like, I did, as for the twist, I did like the twist. And I liked everything that Esther did to, like, to, like get under the skin of the family and the violence that she brought upon people with some caveats for some of them. But was there anything else which you really dug about this one? Um, I'm trying to think. I think I do remember that I, um, I did find it quite heart wrenching where she, you know she's fucking with Max and she takes her hearing aid and just, oh. Max is so sweet. She's such a sweet looking little kid. But she was a cute so lovely she? and you know and and she's like oh yeah do you want do you want to play a game with me and you can see that she's mm-hmm. she's not she, you can see already that she's not very nice you know and she's encouraging Max to do bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when she brings Esther comes home for the first time and Max comes running out and she's like jumping for joy and sort of going like she's so excited to have a a big sister in the house to play with and they really she did a really good job of that actually old um uh Ariana engineer young actress I think she did a really good job conveying like just childish like childlike excitement and wonder having a big a big sister to play with and yeah how that ends up yeah, and I think she does a really, really good job of looking confused and scared as well. Um, yeah, which is probably quite hard to do. Yeah, I think um, I think she's. I'm surprised that she hasn't done anything else. Um, at least I don't she think is she has. partially mute or deaf as well in real life. I remember reading as well, yeah. which again shouldn't shouldn't counter out of anything. But with Hollywood nowadays, probably does. Um, but I mean, like the young girl in Hereditary as well. Uh, Millicent Simmons, I think it was Millicent Simmons, who was uh, also um, deaf as well. So it was, and and in a quiet place as well. So thankfully, we are getting more opportunities, but it doesn't seem to be enough, or we're not seeing more of the, of these child actors, young actors. It looks like she was also in Resident Evil Retribution. Which one was that? Called I don't have a clue. I stopped watching after um, uh, Nemesis. Okay. Um. Yeah, so it doesn't look like she's done much, really. No, uh, it's almost like we just checked. Uh, it's a shame, though. <laughs> It'd be good to see her do more. But yeah, uh, it, it is heart-wrenching yeah, how excited she was. And then, obviously, the the realisation that she's being manipulated. And you can see it in her eyes how scared she is. And it's really it's a really good performance. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I, think, it's, I think that's solid. And 
to be fair, I think Daniel's a good um Jimmy Jimmy Bennett. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy Bennett, I think that Jimmy Mac his performance is really good as well. Um I think that he plays that, you know, like being embarrassed about what she's wearing and mm. you know, already off to a bad foot because then she's just she's gonna be a stick in the mud and he's gonna get the shit for it basically. So mm-hmm. I really enjoy just all of the dynamics at the fact that she's a new the fact that she's a foster child or an orphan or whatever and she's coming into a family dynamic that doesn't that isn't hers must be difficult enough well not difficult but I guess it must be it's a change isn't it and it's a culture shift in the family but the fact that she's also not who she says she is it plays on all of those dynamics really well yeah I didn't think he was bad I think that he was of the child actors he still he was the the least good for me, but he was, still wasn't bad. He looked like he, his hair looked like a kid from Mrs. Doubtfire, which kept putting me off as well. I can't think what his name is now. But, um, oh, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah he does, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got proper like Doubtfire hair, and I can't think of who the kid is. Um, but, yeah, that's. I think he was good. Yeah, all of the kid actors were good, and all of the actors in general were good, were good in this. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing like... There's nothing... The more, sorry, the more I think about it, the more I think, actually, there's, there was quite a lot of good about this film. But was there anything which was like groundbreakingly good? That's that's the major question. And obviously, when we get into what we didn't like, I was see, let's see what that opens up. So, is there anything which you mentioned the twist? You thought it was okay because it was just batshit mental. But I, I also I also noted a hint of you weren't entirely sold by it. Yeah, it is a bit. It it is a bit far fetched, mm-hmm. to say the least. I mean, obviously, I wasn't expecting it, so that's great. Um, and I think some of the reason that this film doesn't play out like other films is because the acting is just good all round. There isn't anyone in this film that I thought, oh, I was a bit of a piss poor performance, really. There's, you know, it, it, I think the acting really holds this film together because if you put the same sort of people that were in The Prodigy into a film like this where it turns out that he's actually an old man who is just wearing makeup, you would be like, what the... It would be like the anaconda of the bad seed world. It would be like, what the hell's going on? Yep, yep. It would be like that scene in The Prodigy where he turned around and he had the old man's face on him. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly that. It's um, The reason that this film is so good is because of the acting and the the twist is... I remember my brother told me about it and he said, have you seen Orphan? And I said, no. And he said, oh my God, the twist, you'll never guess it. So the whole way through the film, I was like, what's, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I said, even though he'd put that in my mind, never ever did my head go, she's a 33-year-old murderer. Same. It just did not cross my mind at all that that was what was going to happen. So, yeah, it... um. It was a good twist, and it's a twist that you don't see coming. But if you just step back and think about it for just a second, it's a bold twist. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a good job that this film paid off of the acting, otherwise the whole thing would just... It was, it's quite, it is laughable, really, isn't it? <laughs> you know, they came up with a, they fa- they, the fact they found a really hard-to-pronounce um, um, syndrome as well, to call it. They really did their research. I like the twist, but it's, it's what came after that when the film kind of switched into cat and mouse slasher. I was like, uh, I like the bit here when she, when she kills John, she off scene. I was like, right. She's, she's, she's taken her makeup off. She's taken her teeth out. 
She means speaking of Mrs. Doubtfire, she means business. Yeah. And then she's just gone and completely destroyed John. Okay, right. This is you know shit's real now. But then you get like the cat and mouse game where she's stalking Max through the house and and Kate as well. And you know they they they're walking through their guns raised and they get to the pond and sorry they they she falls through the greenhouse roof. The police come. She's not there. Like Michael Myers and then um, Kate and Max are walking through the snow, just like trying trying to find the police rather than just waiting by their front door. And then um, and then Esther just finds them in that part and attacks them on the pond. And it's, I'm saying it like this because it's, this is how stretched out it was. And then they have their fight in the pond. Then they both then Esther then Max shoots the fucking ice and they both fall through. And then they're fighting under the water. Esther, Kate gets stabbed. Then she elbows Esther, and then she climbs out, Kate. Then Esther grabs her again. I was like, Jesus Christ, is this ever going to fucking end? She's unkillable. And then she says, I'm not your effing mama, and boots her in the face. And I was half expecting her to rise up again. Uh, but mm. it went on. There was just so much going on. They really stretched out to the point where they spent an hour and an hour and half, maybe an hour and 25 minutes, showing what a complete like psycho, for want of a better term, Esther was. And then they, in, within about 10 or 15 minutes, they squeezed in as much as they could for Lena, um, Esther's alter ego, or real ego, Lena. And I was just like, right, there's too much going on here. It's too unbelievable. I wasn't a massive fan of the way the film ended. And it did actually end really abruptly as well. When she boots her into the um, into the pond and the and it ice is over, it basically then kind of fades to the credits. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I agree with what you said. I think it was very drawn out. And I think... You know, I don't care that she's 33-year-old. She's still the size of a child. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that was where it just became a bit unbelievable because, I, you know, I think there's adrenaline. And if you, obviously, if you're having a psychotic break, you do have more strength, disproportionate strength. Like that's been proved. But I don't understand how this this small little person is able to, you know, fight it out like that. I certainly yeah, yeah. couldn't. So that's just where I found it, that she then became a bit sort of like a Michael Myers kind of character where mm-hmm. she just keeps coming back and you're like, well, yeah. And I suppose the payoff for that would have been scarier if they kept her more childlike rather than her saying things like, oh, yeah, I know what you were doing. You were fucking. Like, it's like, That's okay, it. you're, you're a grown woman. There's... <laughs> yeah. I, I think they um... could have played more on her sexual desire as well. I think there should have been more of that, I think, because that, that was the disturbing part for me, was not only has she been masquerading as a kid, she clearly fancies the dad. Yeah, and when the woman at the park was kitting on John... And she obviously then tells Kate about it, but uh, and you could tell you could tell that she was like hitting on the dad, but of course you kind of just thought it was like childish infatuation. Had they gone a bit further with not further, not those two crossed. Had the filmmakers gone further with her like infatuation towards older men, yeah, maybe yeah. there could have been more to it. Yeah, 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 and I think that there could have been more, um, more kind of manipulation on that sort of I'm an adult and I know things side mm-hmm. and especially with the kids as well because I mean she did if you think about it if you're a 33 year old woman who um you know has, has had quite a successful career killing people you're not going to let the kids know that you're a nutter you, you no. said, I I think there were a lot of there are a lot of things that obviously to, to play out the twist they they've made it as though she's doing silly things because she's a kid who's a bit dodgy but mm-hmm. 
that's why I'm interested to see the prequel because I I want to know sort of how 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 deep this goes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because they, they uh, yeah, when you say it like that, it could be interesting. But I still think a, a, a series of would be better than just one film, just because you can take your time with the storytelling. I just fear it would yeah. be rushed or in this, but certainly in the modern horror terms, contemporary horror, it could just be ass basically because it, it's been such a long time. But who knows? It's been it's been confirmed, so let's hope it gets made and we can. Um, do an old death by pod about it in the next 18 months, two years when it comes out. Um, I, the scene in the play park where, where she um, breaks that kid's ankle. I did like it, but I didn't because they, it was telegraphed very quickly with that. The, uh, the bitchy kid was, she's left alone at one point and she starts looking around and like, um, creeping around like, whoa, where is she? What's going on? And the music was sort of like, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. like something was going to happen and they kept having these false these fake out jump scares and i was like they telegraphed that something was going to happen immediately which took out any kind of like feeling of oh what's going to happen here because i knew they was going to do something to her from the moment she sort of uh, was left by herself looked up saw the parents on the other side of the park and started looking around it's like well, now, now I know something's going to happen. It's just a case of when. But it yeah. wasn't a case of, I wasn't like, oh, could it be now? I was just like, get over, get it over with because we know you're going to do it. Whereas something like the Babadook, when, um, what's his name, pushed the girl out of the treehouse, you probably knew something was going to come, but it was a lot more raw. And it's just a case of like, this is, I'm going to push her out of the treehouse and you're going to watch it thwack rather than yeah. this whole built up thing. So I wasn't overly bothered by that scene. Yeah, I think there there was definitely some scenes that that didn't need to be included, um, like you know, just as well like the the whole bit with the nun coming over to check up on them, even though she clearly, I don't, I I, I assumed that she probably wasn't even really a child in the orphanage, or I didn't really. I just didn't really understand it. I didn't understand the fact that the nun came to check up on them and then the fact that she obviously suspected something and it's like, well, you obviously suspected something from the start and that's why you're here kind of thing. But she obviously never got the chance to to say anything because she took a hammer to the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she didn't come out of that fight too well. Yeah, they kind of hinted at it when um, when John was upstairs in the orphanage talking to Esther when she was painting and Kate came in with CCH Pounder, Sister Abigail, I believe. Was that her name? I think um, so, yes. It was Sister Abigail, Sister Pounder. And um, mm-hmm. when John was talking, he's like, I, want you to, I, want you, I need to introduce you. This is Esther. And they showed a, a scene of Sister Abigail's face, which is kind of like, ooh, like she's kind of like sh- sh- side-eyeing. And then the next scene, she's like really happy. She's like, oh, this is really um, heartwarming and great. So they kind of, it's almost like they, they, they shot scenes of her where she was kind of, she knew something was wrong, um, but didn't want to say anything. But then they decided actually, you know, let's let, let, let's screw that, scrap that storyline, and just go with nobody knows who the girl is. And I felt that a bit odd because the the nun did did kind of show signs of knowing something was wrong. Yeah. But in the end, it just turned out to be just a it's just a hunch. Well, I think that's um, thinking about it, and it's more of a trope in obviously like possession movies, but that sort of all knowing nun that comes over just to, to be Christian Lee and ends up copping some kind of scare or gets killed mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah. that seems to be 
a trope and i th- i think we we it was set up so that we could then see her kill this nun yeah. and be like oh yeah there's something not right because she does that quite early on though it's earlier than i remember yeah because she she breaks a kid in the park and breaks her ankle and that's when Kate's like, she's done this, she's done this, she's done this. And then the orphanage in Russia was sitting like, oh, you must see what's going on. And John's like, nope, nothing to do with the kid. And then, yeah, just out of the blue, uh, Sister Abigail turns up probably about, yeah, about halfway through the film maybe. Because so. I can't remember why she killed her. Uh, just because she was – because um, – Kate was talking to her, basically saying, you know, I think something's wrong. I think she attacked the kid in the school, at, at the park. Plus at school, she's playing up and she's doing stuff at home. Basically, she was, she'd been vented, Kate had been venting concerns to the nun and Esther was telling Max, look, this this lady's come to take me away. Then that sister Abigail, you know, she was lying. She, she's come to take me away. She's, you know, we've got, we've got, to, we've got to go and we've got to, we've got to do what I say. So basically, she killed her just because it was somebody who was getting in her way of what she wanted. Basically, okay, yeah, I, yeah, it's it. That was a weird part that I just didn't think needed to be included. I think that they could have used that time to develop her presence within the family, and you know how the kids are enamoured with her. And I think it would have been great if everyone had got on for a bit, just so that she could, because she kind of comes in straight away to a new dynamic. And already is being accused of all sorts of things. Yeah. I think it actually would have been better if they'd have spent that time with her doing all these lovely, wonderful... I mean, the fact that she sings a song in the bath and has ribbons on her neck isn't charming enough for me to not suspect her of doing these things. <laughs> no, fact, glory of love worse. like Billy yeah. Hill. Yeah. That's the death by pod. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new theme tune. That's the glory of Pod. Dum, dum, dum. But yeah, I did, and, there was nothing about her. <laughs> there was nothing about her that was charming enough for me to to not suspect her. I think they could have they could have done a bit more with that. But, um, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Hey, the joy of hindsight. This is why I'm not uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, this is why I don't earn millions of pounds, billions of pounds writing scripts. I'm not going to sit here and tell them how they should have ended a film just because I didn't like the pond scene. That's not my job. My job is to sit here and watch it as a consumer and be like, well, I didn't like that. But I'm not going to tell you what you could have done differently. I don't like it at all. Yeah. (laughs) Don't like it. Don't like it. Talking of scenes that didn't need to be in there, there's a scene when she's in school and the the bully, the, the bitchy kid, as we call her, who she breaks her ankle, she knocks her bible out of her hand and all the page go everywhere and she starts screaming and the shaking effect i found hilarious like the camera shaking yes, around her yes. i didn't like that that's a <laughs> yeah that's like when uh when you get given like a camera at school and you're like oh earthquake yeah it's exactly like that like, i don't I, again i didn't need the camera to start shaking for me to understand that she was screaming loudly just having a happen having a bit of a a mental issue there you can tell by the shaking of the camera if it wasn't for the shaking of the camera, I would never have known. Same as the foot going into the carpet, I wouldn't have known where she was going. Do you think that maybe for that scene they got shaking Stevens in specially <laughs> to do what he does best? <laughs> yeah, uh, possibly. Do you think that when she was painting that picture of that burning house, she was listening to This House by Shaking Stevens? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, well, I, I, I'm not well versed enough on Shaking Stevens to get any more in. What was that Christmas song he did? Uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Do you think that they were simply having a wonderful time near Christmas? Yes. 
Because it was near Christmas, it's winter. It was winter. Yeah, it was meant to be summer, I think, but because it was snowing so so much in Canada, they had to change it to a winter film, and it works. How would the pond scene have worked in summer? It's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, unless they re, unless they added that in at the end, maybe they, maybe that's why the original scene was just Esther in her room, like schmoozing to the cops. Maybe that was the original scene. Then they, they then they reworked it to have actually. Um, maybe they shot it kind of back to front. Maybe I don't know. And then they reworked it, and it's like Christ, we've got to change the ending. So, pond, pond, pond fight. If it it wasn't set in Canada, though, was it? Um, no, no, it wasn't. I was going to say like maybe there. she could have like it could have been like Death by Goose. <laughs> uh, death by club, death by syrup, um, death by uh, puck. Oh, oh! If it was in the summer, death by dehydration. Just <laughs> lock her out of the house. No hat, no water. <laughs> death by mounty. So basically, a ways to kill her. <laughs> death ways by to... self. <laughs> you <just laughs> have to watch all of this. <laughs> yeah. So was, we just that was such finding... a snooze fest, wasn't it? Finding way, yes, finding ways to kill people. Due South was always on just before Buffy, as I remember rightly. Buffy, um, I I never used to watch Buffy. Uh, my sister did, so she did, when she'd come and what when I used to um, at the times and I'd sit in her room and actually talk to her, and then she put put old Buff on. I do seem to recall Due South being on before. Yeah, it used to. It was just I'd always get like the the end sort of five minutes of him and his dog just being like, "Well, we we got our man," and him like striking his dog and me being like, "Oh god, I'm so bored." Oh, oh look, he got his man. Whoop the fucking do. Where's Buffy and Angel? The dog's gonna <laughs> die anyway. Cut his hand off <laughs> and stuffed it in the basement. That laugh, okay, that laugh that you just did, you're sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> from Jurassic Park like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I had a mouthful of tea sorry no, you've, you've got you're gonna have to we're gonna have to get that sound back and you'll be like I'll send it to you and you can play around with it in your isolation thank you it's alright stuffing but I mean obviously you've got nothing better to do of course what I do in isolation is between me and myself yes well yeah you can have my laugh to help you along (laughs) what I play (laughs) around with is none of your business (laughs) what else we got what else we got what else you didn't like about this film I'm out I think I'm out I think I'm done I don't think there's anything else that I didn't really like apart from the ridiculous twist which I kind of admire there's not for the balls of it yeah, there's not a whole lot that I don't like. Um, I didn't like the effects of the shot. Some of the effects of, uh, in the nighttime were a bit naff, like with thunder on the outside of the house was clearly a CGI shot and it looked arse. But then there was a really great shot um, when they utilised the cracking of the thunder when um, Esther is watching over Max as she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And the lightning lights up her face. I thought that was, I thought that looked really good, um, illum- illuminated by the lightning. Yeah. Um, the handbrake scene where she takes the handbrake off the car and the off of Kate's car and Max is in it and it goes down that icy hill. Oh yeah. Again, it wasn't overly bothered by that because I was like, I mentioned that they, they they went out of their way to show you know what a badass she was and what a what a little fiend rotter she was. That was one one step too far for me. Not because I thought it was so horrendous and oh I can't believe she did that. But I was like, well. You know, that was one which he saw coming. Plus, also, it was in broad daylight. I was like, I'm sh- and it was obvious who did it as well. There's no mystery as to who would have done that to me. 
Yeah, I think that was part of her trying to make it look like she was incompetent. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, surely some, this is me being like overly pedantic now, but surely there was somebody who would have been like, no, actually, I just saw that little girl do it. Yeah, this is it. I mean, there's, there's, and the, the fact that the husband never fucking believes her until it's too yeah. late. I really yeah. hate that. I just, you know, at least in Prodigy, they did, he got on board pretty early on that there was something wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you agree. That's right. Because even even rewatching it, you are like, come on, John. Because at first I was like, yep, I could see where he'd trying to think. Well, this is this is mad. You know, this is what you're saying is mental. I don't believe you up to a certain point. But then when they're in the hospital, and and even before that, she's literally before that, she's laying everything out to him, and you're like, mate, even a dunce would start to think actually, yeah, maybe you've got a point. Yeah. And the fact it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it is a bit silly. Some of the writing in this film left a lot to be desired, I think. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the worst written film in the world. The script wasn't actually that bad, um, considering it could have been. So um, that was quite good. It wasn't really anything I hated. I just wasn't keen on the pond scene at the end. Like The play park scene was meant to be like one of those big moments in the film, but I think they ruined it themselves by just overly telegraphing it. And there's some of the effects, like when she screams, and I was just like, you could, could have done without that. It wasn't. It wasn't great, but yeah. In terms of derailing it, the twist worked for me. Had that not worked, I mean, that could have like really clanged. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a risk, and it 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 kind of paid off. <laughs> yeah, I, kind I of. Still, don't know if it paid off or not, but I mean, I've I've seen it quite a few times now. It is. It's not a horror film that's going to keep you awake at night and bother you and mm-hmm. upset you. It's not even necessarily a horror film that's going to make you jump. It is, it is a lot more like uh, I don't know, arachnophobia, or that. It, there's some, there's some kind of playfulness to it that means that you could probably watch it in the afternoon on a Sunday or yeah. late at night. It's a bit, it's like the others or something. It's just, it's, mm. it's something holding it back. It's something which is, and in a film where she is quite brutal, there is still something that holds it back. Yeah. Had they followed up on that kind of what that really strong one two three punch of the twist of the makeup scene and then her killing John, I was like bosh bosh bosh. Okay, that's now we now we mean business. But they just but then it just fell apart after that for me. But the twist itself, though, yeah, thankfully it worked for me. I think a lot of it as well as it's playing on almost like you know like post uh, postnatal depression or you know like yeah, yeah. the feeling of. How awful would it be if you go through the whole thing of adopting a child and you just can't bond with it? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it, or it, it. Well, I don't know what gender the child is, but you know, if you can't, shouldn't assume. <laughs> it would be very difficult. So I think it. I think it's a horror film that's perhaps geared more towards women and that kind of like maternal horror, a bit like the Babadook and everything else, mm-hmm. but. Whereas the omen is very focused on the man, it's the dad's horror of this, great point. this is my only son and he's not turning out to be the man that I want him to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's um, the fact that it, the prodigy is the only one that mixes that up really, where it's a woman and a, and a son rather than mother, daughter, father, son. That's enough credit we'll give to that film. That's yeah. a really good point, though, actually. No, I hadn't thought about it like that. But, yeah, because it is the mother's made to feel bad throughout the film, essentially, or her demons are brought back against her, uh, even though, do you know what I mean? It ha- had the None of this would have happened if Esther, if they'd adopted another girl, for example, or boy, or another child. 
None of this would have happened. She wouldn't have regressed and gone back to booze, even though she pulled it away. None of these issues would have happened. So it's, it, it, they're using, she's using her past sins against her. Whereas obviously the father's just like, nope, not happening. Kid loves me. And she even says, it, you know, like you, she loves you. You know, she's all about dad, dad, dad. And he's like, what do we, what do we, what do we do about it? Um, so yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it like that. And that's why you're on the show to teach me stuff. <laughs> well, I guess like right from the beginning, that whole scene where she is obviously struggling with the fact that she had a miscarriage. I mean, that in yeah. itself, that's, it would be easy to see that as that's my failing as a woman, as a mother, you know, I can't even nurture a baby and mm-hmm. keep it healthy inside of me i've had previous issues with my own children um you know i'm an alcoholic i've done this i've done that i've done this and i think esther is the kind of manifestation of all of those worries about her failings as a mum actually coming back and saying like yeah and now i'm going to make everyone else think it too it's no longer just kept to her diary it's become mm-hmm. real and i think that's why her violent reaction at the end is so brilliant because she's just like, no, fuck you, mate. I'm not having it. Like, I'm a perfect... Like, she proves that she can protect her kids. And she's finally letting go. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's playing on the, the alcoholism as well and the fact that she she is strong enough to throw it away. The only person that doesn't trust her is her husband. Well, I guess the reason that Esther attacks her as well is because even Esther trusts in her ability as to be a good mum because she knows that she isn't going to stand for it, whereas John's a bit of a soft touch. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, yeah, I think there's 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 a whole other side to it, probably, if you were to look at sort of like horrors of like maternal horror, they're often would be right up there with playing on those kind of issues. Well, especially when Esther drops that back, that bomb line of, she says to Kate, it must be hard to love an adopted child as much as your own. And I was like, cool. Yeah. Um, they, pulls, I, I heard that. Pulls her out instantly, doesn't she? Yeah, she's like, yeah. And that, that's one of the lines that the adoption um, agencies had an issue with, but um, I can see, probably see why as well. But yeah, that's like a proper, just like, this is me laying my cards out on the table now. Yeah, and maternally, that's to have somebody say that to you, like bring it out to you straight up, you know. Hey, like you've just said, you know, she can't, the bond isn't there or she can't, she's trying to get the bond, but for some reason it's not working. Then to hear that line, it's just like, what more do I have to do? And then obviously it turns out you just have to break their neck and drown them in a pond. Yeah. Yeah. It would be good to, it'd be a good start to actually adopt a child as well. <laughs> I think. Yeah. They, I, if I ever do adopt, which I'm not going to, but I will now check the, you know, they've got to get a DNA test and all that done now to make sure they're not a 33-year-old Eastern European uh, lady. All right, well, I've got I've got a treat for you. Would You've got you me like... a th- an Eastern European lady who's 33 years old? I've got an Eastern European lady who's 33 years old saying death by pod. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Are you ready for her? I'm ready. That was a man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't assume his gender. Don't don't assume the gender. Do you want to hear it once more? As a lady. Th- this is a woman, by the way. <laughs> well, uh, my it's boss saying anything. Women have very very deep deep voices. It's making me feel bad about myself now because she's got a deeper voice than I have. Hey, do you mind playing that again so I can hear it? Sodom bother me. Sounds like sodomy. Not tonight. 
<laughs> maybe later. <laughs> um, so, um, so that's so that that's sort of me on the orphan. Um, so that's kind of oh no, shit, that came out wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, God, that's uh, Death by Pod talking about the orphan. Um, so that's what we think about it. If somebody came up to you tonight and said, "Blogging all Balboa." Uh, I've I've heard you talk about the orphan. I haven't seen it. Should I watch it? Would you, would you say yes or no? I'd say yeah. I'd say yeah. don't ex- don't don't expect to be scared. Expect to be entertained. Oh, okay, fair enough. If it, the fact that I now know it's on Netflix, I would say yes. If I if it was if I was if somebody asked should I go and buy it, I would be in two minds. Not because I don't like the film. But like parting of humanity, like, um, but if it's on Netflix, yeah, knock yourself out. I'd say the same about the prodigy. It's, it's on Netflix, just go mad and watch it because for a laugh. But uh, the orphan is a much better film than the prodigy, and the orphan is. Like I say we don't, we weren't hating on the film. We both of us seem to quite like it to an extent, but I think we both agree that it could have been more with, I don't know, with, with a few tweaks in the screenplay somewhat. Yeah, I think they, I think that they could, they could have made it into quite a, a straight up scary um suspense ride but at the end of the day I, I i like it as it is i accept it as it is like i said it's entertaining if robbie williams made horror films it would probably be this one let me entertain you he'd be saying yeah. um so as we do on dbp death by pod sort of uh, we asked you guys out there these wonderful scarily good listeners what did you guys think of orphans a bloggy take us away We've got Helen versus Horror, which is a brilliant handle. Uh, she said, so I'm going to assume that Helen it versus is, Horror yeah. is a she. I loved this one. Didn't expect it to be so good. The SSS Podcast 13 said, this was my favourite. Oh, my favourite. Oh. Oh, so deeply disturbing and well shot. I went and Googled the story as soon as we left the theatre. And the Horror Fan 82 said, I liked it. I like that Keep one. Keep it short and sweet. I want to yeah, know the... a few words. Yeah. I like yeah. I, I liked I want... it. <laughs> I want to know SSS podcast 1 to 12, see what they're like as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice one. That's... We've got uh, Greg in the movies said, I thought it was a well-crafted film uh, with a solid twist. That's probably quite a... what we're trying to say, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's well-crafted yeah. and a solid twist, actually. Well, we uh, this Chris... podcast could have been shorter, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, Greg, you're warm and welcome to take over the show, mate. Uh, Chris Wyatt said, good but not great puts a kind of unique spin on the bad seed formula, but seems to go back and forward between being a straightforward thriller and batshit weird without choosing a consistent tone. Mm. That's also a very good observation. And uh, friends of the podcast, what a lad, behind the screams said, I really enjoyed this one. Felt really different from your standard flick and Isabella Furman was excellent. Yes, she was excellent. And uh, go check out their pod. It's very good. And uh, he's a good lad. Superhero Paul Plus said, I found it freaky AF. That stands for as fuck for anyone that doesn't doesn't know. Ha ha ha. Disturbing is one word I'd use, but kind of like it at the same time. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you let Vincent Price in. Ha ha. Ashley Epi said, Epi? Epi? I'm so sorry, Ashley. EpiPen. Epi <laughs> said, Orphan was one of the horror movies I found that Vera Farmiga is the horror queen of this generation. She totally shows, despite her pain, her struggle and horror to Esther, that she pulls through. And yes, I would totally love to see the Orphan prequel. Would love to know how her craziness manifested. Well, I am with you, Ashley. Thanks. Oh, and look who it is. It's Nick Hendrickson. And he said, 
creepy, crazy, deranged, and I loved every minute of great performances by Isabella and Vera. Thank you, Nick. Woof. <laughs> he's got he's, he's got dogs. Yes, yeah, thank you very much for that, mate. And thank you for your support again, and to everybody who uh, chimed in this this uh, week's episode. Keep them coming, and we'll we'll straight you out on the other episode. Some nice uh, mix of opinions there, and some some we uh, had already mentioned, and others we hadn't. So thank you guys very much. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, Matt, but I think that all of the the comments and the feedback that we get on socials are sometimes, if not <laughs> most of the time, better than better than what we think and more, <laughs> <laughs> and more concise. I mean, should we maybe ask some of these guys to to actually have their input on the pod? I mean, uh, I know yes. I've, I've come at you completely. <laughs> I've put you on the spot here. Oh, Christ, this has come out of nowhere. Um, I was not yes. expecting that. I don't know. I'd like, like, I reckon we could do, uh, we could ask someone to send like a voice message. Or like, we'll, we'll, give, we'll give them a topic and say, right, send us in, like, a short voice message, one minute, two minute voice message, and we can bounce off it and we'll get a load of them on and we can do show, a couple of shows every now and then, you know, based on that, we have like yeah. that kind of interaction. So I'd love to hear somebody, like all of you guys who sent, sent in a message, like we could ask you a question, like what's your favorite horror moment what's the funniest moment you've had whilst watching a horror film or um pandemic uh, movies to watch or whatever stuff like that and send us a message we'll we'll, we'll look into that and get something out on the social shall we Albin? yeah i think yeah i know i definitely think we should i want to actually i want to hear what superhero pole plus and uh greg and the movies sound like and ashley epi and, and ashley epi and helen and Chris, SF podcast 13 and blocky. Oh, that's me. You already know what I sound like. Yes, yeah, sucks to be me, eh? But you uh, haven't yeah. heard my real voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, so we'd like to get some more uh, involvement of you guys. Or um, so yeah, we'll listen, look out for the on the socials. We'll uh, we'll put it out there, and maybe we'll tag some of you as well. And if you'd be so kind or so bold. And if you don't want yeah. to get your voice out there, it's totally fine as well. But we'd love to hear from you guys. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Get your voice out for the pod. Get your voice out for the pod. No, 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 no. Hey. Boom. Okay. <laughs> and that's on and on. <laughs> it's time for boom, 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 the game, Death by Pod game. Each episode, we alternate uh, coming up with the idea for a game. So we end on a horror movie-themed game or a horror-themed game. And this time around, uh, blogger old E. Balboa came up with the uh, game. So what are we playing this week? We are playing What's Your Favourite Scary Movie? <laughs> Ooh, deeper voice in mine. So... How do we play it? <laughs> so a bit like that bit on Scream where he keeps asking a horror movie trivia. We have got to ask each other three hobby... Both got to ask each other three horror movie trivia questions. Uh, the correct answers means that we stay alive and the wrong answers, we get a knife in the gut, just like on screen. For everyone you get wrong, you get stabbed. Fun. I look forward to getting stabbed. So, yeah, three questions. Fight or flight, survive or die, go hard or go home. Bloggy, shall we? We shall then. Ladies first. Okay. Um, what is the screen time? Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Oh. Now there is a between, so you have to get at least one of them right. Okay. I know he's not in it for very long. It's like the shortest. He won an Oscar for like the least screen time. So is it between? It's between 
Seven and nine minutes. Final answer? Final answer. Been stabbed. (laughs) It is between 12 and 16 minutes. Oh, no. Well, I was quite close, but it doesn't count. There's some arguments online about which one it is, so I just put the in-between... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just I put like twelve between twelve and seventy minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, over to you. Then here we go, Bloggy. Let's see. Let's see if I get to stab you in the gut. Uh, right, Bloggy. Only six horror movies have ever been nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. What are the six films? Uh, well, uh, Science of the Lambs. Yep. Um, I will say that two of these. Uh, to call them a horror film is generous. I call them psychological thriller slash horror. Psycho. Nope. Um, I'll give you a couple more chances though, because there's six. The Exorcist. Yes. So, so The Exorcist, Silence of the Lamb. That's two of them. I don't think Hereditary was. Nope. Nope. Um, Rosemary's Baby. Nope. Um, I'll give you one more chance. I'll, actually, I'll, give, you, I'll give you two more chances because that'll take you up to six. Suspiria? Nope. Oh. I've got one, one, more chance one more chance. To get um, it right, to stay in the game. Do you know what? My boyfriend plays football and he's going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 rear window? Is that your final answer? Yeah. It isn't rear window. Fuck. You have been slashed in the gut. Ah! (laughs) Do you want to know what they are? Yes, I would love to know. Okay, the first ever horror film to be nominated for Best Picture was The Greatest of Them All, The Exorcist. Then Jaws. The Silence of the Lambs, which is the only horror film to win a Oscar Best Picture. Then The Sixth Sense. Black Swan. And Get Out. Get out the most recent one. Black Swan and the Sixth Sense, I would very tentatively call horror. Have you seen that? Was it you that put up the thing where it was like, get out, but it was stay in? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> crack me up. <laughs> so we've both got uh, two gaping gashes on our body. Uh, let's see if we can stem the flow of the blood. In what film does Phoebe Cates reveal the traumatic death of her father on Christmas Eve by falling down the chimney and breaking his neck? Uh, Krampus? Final answer? Yeah. It's not. It's Gremlins. <gasps> of course it is. <laughs> I was going to put... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should I've got Phoebe Cates. Christ. I, I, as soon as you said it, I was like, Phoebe Cates. I remember she's a, she was... I used to fancy her as a kid. Because like, Gremlins scared the shit out of me. It really... Gremlins like, twisted me as a child. I hated that film. But now I love it. Um, oh, mate. That story That's really obvious. gives me goosebumps when she says that he was obviously climbing down the chimney to surprise them. And then yeah, yeah. And then to smell a really bad smell. Breaks his neck. The bit at the end scared me. Other than like the, the actual design of the gremlins used to like scare the hell out. I like six years old at the time. Honestly, I couldn't watch the film. And at the end, when he's like, um, before you go to bed tonight, check, check in your closet, check under your bed. 
there might just be a gremlin there. I thought, yep, thanks for that. Now I can't <laughs> sleep for about 10 years. That's me um, for the rest of my life, yep. It was. I couldn't watch it. Honestly, I've got, I got memories of not of going upstairs by myself when I was like six, not because I didn't want to be watching it, but my family were watching it. Now I love that film, so much so that I didn't know that was the answer. I prefer gremlins too. I don't. Oh. Let's just, we can do a gremlin discussion soon yes, as well. Yes, yes. Anyway. When it gets to Christmas, we'll do it. Hit, hit me with your questions. Number two. What was the original name of the movie Scream? Oh, it was Stab, wasn't it? Is that your final answer? Yeah. Was You've it? just been stabbed because oh, it's the wrong answer. Fuck. Ah! He was in Stab 3. He was yes. stabbed. <laughs> I thought it was Stab. No, it's even better than that. Go on. Scary movie. Oh, of course. I, yeah. I, I knew that. I knew it was something to do with either Stab or, yeah. Okay. Something that's, that they parodied, yeah. That's just mildly annoying, but that's fine. Yeah, it was not as annoying as the Phoebe Cates one because it I, clearly wasn't Krampus. I just, I, that, that, that's, you know, like the bit on Gangs of New York where he's like, that was a kill, this is a kill. Yeah. That's, that's me. This I am it, that pig. <laughs> I, <laughs> I put Krampus in my gut now because uh, I've got two stab marks. What's the third question to try and redeem ourselves in our horror podcast? This is a tricky one. Oh, good. You're going to have to have some time to really think about it. All right. right. Maybe. What is the second living thing to be gobbled up in Jaws? The second living thing to be gobbled up in Jaws? Yeah. Okay, the first one is the uh, girl in the ocean at the beginning. Chrissy swimming. That's it. The second thing... Oh, um... Oh, God. Don't they cut the damn thing open to find out? Um, God. Because they cut the fish out, the shark open, and it's got, like, number plates inside him. It's got to be a dog. It is a dog! <laughs> yes! Phew! Fuck you, knife! <laughs> People, people are, people are going to hate that because it's under so much. There's just before Alex Kidner gets eaten with the raft and all the blood and everything. There's a guy yeah. that's got the dog and it's called Pippin or Pippet or, and he's like Pippet, Pippet, and it doesn't, yes. come, it doesn't come back. And you just see the stick like floating, and you're like, oh. fucking dog's been killed. <laughs> One of the early examples. You don't actually see it happen, but Pippet, Pippet gets eaten. Yeah. Because they, they have to cut it open, don't they? Well, actually, because they're waiting for like, the boy to fall out, not the dog. Yeah, I don't um, want to stand by and watch that kidner, the kidner that's kid it. spill out all over the dock. That's it. I'd rather the dog fall out. It's fine. All right. Well, I am one up now. I have only got two gash wounds. For you, your final question. Are you ready? I'm ready. How many days did it take to film the classic shower scene in 1960s Psycho? How many days did it take to film that scene? Oh, but it was Hitchcock and he was mental, wasn't he? Um, the 45 seconds of, of film. How long did it take to film that? Um, I'm going to... Can I? Do I have to get it exactly or can I just be like, can we round it? Um, well, there's, uh, there is only one day. It is literally a number, so... Oh, okay. Um, it's... Because um, uh, uh, I'm a nice guy, I'll give you two chances because I don't really want to kill you three times, stab you three times. Seven. You find an answer? Yeah. You jammy bastard, it is seven. Oh, it is. 
<sighs> That's a feat. We got it. We got a draw. Yes. Number seven. Shit, we've got a draw. I planned no, on this. One, one um, of us has got to die. Um, okay. Well, firstly, well done to get the answer right. That nice one because it could have been any number in the in the history. Um, okay. So it's a tiebreak. We hadn't planned on this, but as it so would be, we actually have answers, questions in the back of our brains to ask. So, Ploggy, what's your tiebreak? Your sudden death question. What is it? Um, it's a true or false. Oof. In Rosemary's Baby, Mia Farrow ate raw liver on camera despite being a vegetarian. True or false? Oof, that's naughty, that is naughty. Oh. Um, it sounds like it should be, it sounds like it could, should be true, but then I'm thinking, is it too obvious? I'm going to go with... I'm going to say it's true. Sure. No, but I'm going to go for it. It was the right thing to do, Mark. Phew! Am I saved? You have not been stabbed. (laughs) Yes! Yeah! Oh, good. Nice one, Mia. And for you, Bloggenald Balboa. This one ties into the question I asked earlier on. Silence of the Lambs won the best picture. That included how many Oscars did it win that year? Three. Is that your final answer? Yes. I'm afraid I've got to stick this knife right in you. Oh, no. Ah! I'm really sorry. Ah. It won Best Picture, won Best Actor for Annie Hopkins, Best Director for Jonathan Demme, Best Actress for Jodie Foster, and Best Adapted Screenplay for Ted Talley. Fuck. Five. Five. Nominated for Best Sound Mixing and Best Film Editing as well. So five out of seven it won. Bloggy, I'm very sorry to have to put you down. It's okay. It's okay. Are you going to string me up and hang me on a tree so my parents could come home and find me? Uh, yes. All right. All right. Yes. Or I might stuff you in that, uh, cut off your hand and stuff you in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle some sprinkler on me for some good measure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll just give you to the beard that's feed and say, you know what, do what you want. Um, so that was the DBP game. The de- uh, that's her boyfriend, by the way. The <laughs> Death by Pod game is done. Uh, I look forward, eagerly look forward to whatever the next episode one is. I have to look forward to it because I've got to come up with it. So that could be interesting. But that is that for this episode of Death by Pod Bloggy. Thank you so much for coming on once again and talking some horror. Uh, you then. Thank you for having me. <laughs> any any time, tired face. Uh, so next up on the next show, we are going to be talking about Hellraiser. Clive Barker's Hellraiser. So going back in time. But before then, before we start talking about Hellraiser, if the world wants to find you online, and why wouldn't they? Where can they? I must warn you, I will swallow your soul. <laughs> she will I will um, but if you do decide to follow me it's at Bloggy Balboa on Twitter and Bloggy Balboa on WordPress check it all out check all of it out you can find me what uk and across uh, Twitter and Instagram you can find the show at Death by Pod on Twitter and Instagram and as Bloggenald mentioned earlier on alluded to yeah keep your eyes out on that we're putting out some calls for for you guys, for you guys to help out and give us a couple of uh, couple of spicy voice messages. So if you, uh, keep your eyes out for that and we'll, uh, we'll get working on that. But yes, until next time, that is that from me. See ya. And from Bloggy. It's bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>